Profit Leaders Podcast. I am your host for today, Vicki Collier, and I have with me my good friend, Mary Davis. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, today, Mary, we are going to talk about something that I know means a lot to you and, and that our company has focused a great deal on, at least in the last couple of years, if not as a, as a sort of a, a guide to how our company operates, but that's culture culture. And and I was thinking about this. I thought culture, that's such a, it's a word that you, you feel like you know what it means. I've always kind of thought you, you know, culture when you see it, whether it's good or bad, but how it's kind of hard to define. So Mary, I know you, this is the subject that is near and dear to your heart. What is, uh, how, how would you define culture? What does it mean to you? You're so right, Vicki. It is such a hard word to define. So I think that more than anything, man, culture is something I think when I think Chick-fil-A, right? Like you think Chick-fil-A, you think ultimate culture. But, you know, um, I think, you know, there's a definition in Wikipedia that says an integrated pattern of human knowledge, belief, and behavior. The outlook, attitudes, values, morals, goals, and customs shared by a society, which is, you know, really lengthy in terms, right? <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, you know, culture, it it does do exactly what this is saying, though. It defines who you are, what you stand for, um, what you're going to be loyal to, and how that's going to carry into every single part of the decisions that you make as a company, right? Sure. And I love that definition because it's kind of what was in my mind. I couldn't put it on paper or get it out but it's not just one thing. It's a combination of a lot of things. And I love how you name dropped, name dropped Chick-fil-A. If you're, I think they've expanded, but if you're from the South, you know Chick-fil-A and it's best known for one, it's chicken, but probably it's, it's great customer service and the culture uh, surrounding that. There are other companies that I'm sure we can think of. There are some that we can think of that follow the exact opposite of whatever that is. We won't name drop those poor folks, but, um, but you're right. This is, this is a, a, a multiple of, of, I almost see it as morals and values and attitude, all of those things that come together to create a good atmosphere wherever you are. You can feel that. It is, it is tangible. You can feel it at Chick-fil-A. I feel that you can do it very easily at our company as well. And um, it, it's something that you have to work for. You know, we all know that there are times that, that, that we aren't, on, aren't having our best day, but if you are working for this uh, and working toward this on a regular basis, you are going to find that it, it just sort of covers your whole practice or your whole group of people without even trying. A hundred percent. And I love the word that you just said, Vicki, which is palatable. Like that's the key word of culture is that culture is not something that you write on paper. I mean, it is, right? Like all of those things are tangible things that create culture, but culture is something that is so infused in the DNA of who you are that you protect it fiercely. You know, a good story, uh, we're going through a time right now, um, which is a defining moment in our world with this, you know, recent turn of events. And it's just crazy to think about. But I tell you what, this Chick-fil-A down the road, they have not one time um, just not devalued. What's the word I'm looking for, Vicki? Like 
they they protected culture. Yes, and I know where you're going with that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that um, with culture within our offices, within, you know, within the Scheduling Institute, I mean, if someone doesn't line up to protecting our core values, it's like, I'm sorry, you're not going to make it here, right? Like, and I think that's something that in offices that we allow to slip when we really shouldn't. I mean, if if culture is not the top priority that we're keeping, like, what does your patients feel when they come in? What do you feel when you come in? Are you even happy to come to work? <laughs> you know? And you see and you that. I'm going to keep using Chick-fil-A as an example. You feel good when you leave Chick-fil-A. I mean, you feel like, oh, boy, that, that was a really good experience. They were smiling, but that yet they were carrying out work and doing their job in a good way. They weren't complaining. You know, you you might not know what was going on inside that poor kid's family life, but they were not letting it be seen on the outside and, and maintaining, making their customer feel good, which is obviously what we want to do. Because if our customers feel good, we're going to reciprocate that as well. It's just an ongoing process of passing it along to someone else is how I, how I kind of look at that too. Now, Mira, let's talk about some of the things that we have done in our company to maintain our culture or retain it um, during this trying time that you mentioned. Everyone's going to know what we're talking about. Hopefully 10 years from now, we listen to this podcast and this is a distant memory, but um, I'd love for you to share some of your thoughts and the things that we have done. Yeah. um, I think that that's a, that's a great point because, you know, we had a big event um, not too, not too long ago. It feels like not too long ago, but it probably is um, culture fest. And, you know, we really honed in on teaching teams what it looks like to create culture in your office. And I think the first thing that you have to do, you have to evaluate, is it good? Is it great? Right. But I think one of the most amazing things that came out of, of that is we legitimately asked teams, do you need to have a culture funeral and bury <laughs> what you have because you know you need a reboot right and you know there was other um, categories that he talked about which is culture is uh, one of those things where is it you it's good but you know you could do more Um, which I think honestly we there that's always a fine line that you kind of skirt between because I think there is always more you can do. Um, but then he asked, like, are you just complacent and like not, you're not even focusing on it anymore because you think it just works for you? Um, yeah. Or is it so bad that you need to bury it and start fresh? I have an amazing story that I want to share with you guys that I was at a, at a training um, at an office and it was right after um, this time that the teams were being challenged to do this. And Vicki, I showed up and they said, Hey, just FYI at lunch, we're going to have a culture funeral. And I was like, Oh my gosh, amazing. Great. Okay. Can I film it? Right. And so, um, I didn't know what to expect, but I have to be honest. Like when I say they went all, they went all out, they gave out black roses. They wore veils. They dug a grave. (laughs) They put a tombstone. And the coolest thing that, that they did is they took all of the things that they knew weren't right 
and they wrote them on a piece of paper and they threw them in this grave. Yeah. So one of the things that, that they had written down um, that stuck out to me was um, talking behind each other's back. Mm. That was a big one, right? Um, another one that they had was um, not, not holding their core values to the highest regard. Oh, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. You need to write those down, but if you do nothing with them, you know, it's pointless. Correct. One of them was showing up late for huddle. (laughs) I would be willing to bet there's a lot of people on this call who are either thinking that, oops, she's talking to me, or they're thinking, okay, my team needs to hear this. (laughs) Exactly. You know, because... And, and I think that that's a challenge that we do need to create out of this podcast that you guys are listening to today, because, you know, the challenge here is, is what do you need to change in your office? You know, what, what do you, how do you need to start your day differently? How do you need to come into your office every day? Are you protecting your bubble? We talk about it all the time in every single one of our trainings that we're in, you know, but do you live it? Do you live your bubble or is it just a mentality? And Mary, that's a good point. Those things that you mentioned, you named off two or three or four, alone, occasionally, may not make much difference. But when you think about those things that combined tend to dig at you just a little bit every day, you know, just keeps you just a little bit more aggravated or a little bit, well, if she's not going to show up late, not going to show up on time, I, you know, it shouldn't be a problem for me not to show up on time. And so you just gradually build and build and build till you look back and see, that you need to have a funeral for your culture um, yeah. because you have a good one or a bad one. And if it's a bad one, it needs to be buried. So that's a good point. Um, what are, what do they swap that with? Okay. They decide they're going to bury those things. Yeah. What are the things that they decided to do differently? I think that that's a, a, a great point. They, they wrote out an entire letter and it came from the leadership team actually. And um, the leadership team just uh, made commitments. They said, I promise to lead you in a way that is loyal, that is truthful, and that is cohesive. I mean, they probably use a lot of different words than that, but it was almost like a, like they literally raised their hand and, you know, held out this like commitment letter that they wrote. And it was like a Bible promise, right? (laughs) Like, you know, so tangibly, they didn't have a lot written down as far as like examples of like exactly what they were going to do differently. But basically, every single core value they had, they were like, I promise to do these things. And I goes back to accountability. It's kind of like a wedding vow. If you have stood in front of God and your whole team and said, I'm going to do different and you raised your hand, you know, there's got to be some accountability there to one, you keeping your word, keeping your promise and someone else saying, okay, I know you said that you really wanted to do better at this. I'm your friend and I love you. And here's what I saw. And, and you, rather than like you said, talking about them to someone else, going to that person. So to me, that's something that if the culture in your practice is not where you want it to be, don't sit back and look at all of the people that you wish would change. That's kind of how we do that in a marriage sometimes too, don't we? Find the way that you can make a difference and and how you present that to your team. Because I know that this office that you're speaking of, I I just have to know that they probably all feel as though a weight was taken off of their shoulders and they could take a good, deep, fresh breath of air knowing that they were going to do something differently going forward. 
Yeah, 100%. And I hope whoever is listening today realizes as well, like, culture is not always, ah, I love you, ah, you know, like, fun, 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 fun. Like, culture's protecting each other. It's filling in the gap whenever someone's sick. It's, you know, I mean, gosh, Vicki, I mean, we've done that for each other, right? Like, it's, yes, sometimes it is putting a smile on your face when you might not necessarily want to, but how often have you, I know I'm going to speak for myself. There have been times that I have just not been in a very good mood and I just, you know, maybe people knew, maybe they didn't know, but I wanted the right to not be in a good mood. But when I have been then surrounded by people who they may have been faking it too, I don't know, but who were, who were happy and uplifting and complimentary and helpful it by nature pulls you out of that mood I mean I thought I was determined to be in a bad mood today and now I'm not what happened I'm kidding about that but you see but you but you know and and think about your patients how do your patients perceive that you mentioned that earlier Mary but why is that important yeah it's absolutely um you know one of those things that I don't think that we will ever realize um, I mean, you used the word earlier, Vicki, palatable. And so your your patients, they they don't just feel your culture. They are a part of your culture. Sure. And that's a big element that we miss um, because we think that we just take whoever we can and we just, you know, oh, whoever's calling will accept, you know. And, and reality is, is that if you have that patient that is, is not a part of your culture and doesn't align with it, really, I mean, should they be a part of your office? Mary, that's funny that you say that. We didn't dismiss too many people from our office. Very seldom. We know we always held the, held the right, but, but typically I can think of the several, very few patients that we dismissed were not because they didn't pay the bill, not because they, it was because they were just, ornery and we had to put up with them every single time and it was just a chore and it brought everybody else down and if you ever had those you know granted you can't dismiss everyone in your practice so you say oh no miss jones is on the list again but but you have got to encompass your patience in that because i promise you if you keep up your culture if you are consistent with it and intentional about it they'll either they'll weed themselves out because you're going to be too happy for them (laughs) And another way um, that, you know, this isn't just something that they feel in your office, um, the things that you do, the new patient tour, that wow experience from beginning to end, your referral program. I mean, gosh, I could go on and on and on, right? But it's not just about what they feel in your office. It's what they see out of your office. Because reality is, is that people don't think about you in between those six months or four months. And I mean, I know you're a great hygienist because I believed I was too. And all my patients love me too. However, you've got to have a social media presence too. You know, that's got to be a big defining factor of getting your culture out there for people to see. Right. Yes, Mary, you're exactly right. I tell so many offices that you know, yeah, you might want to put a, a, a tooth article in your social media somewhere every now and then to educate your patients. But what's really going to draw them in and make them a part of your practice is seeing the things that you guys are doing. They want to see your faces. Do, share the fun things that you do in your practice because that show you're not you're not going to entitle this. 
here's an article of here's our evidence of our culture but you but they get it they'll understand they'll see that you guys are a fun place to be and and that you're doing kind things for others and that you're you are upholding your core values whether you have a definition to that for them or not i, I love that idea yeah a hundred percent and you know i i think we've talked a lot about you know to have it but let's give you some tangible things to do okay create a calendar. <laughs> I cannot tell you how vital it is to have a culture calendar that you are proactive with your time and not reactive with your time. And you know what? Hygiene team, we are talking to you right now. And so I encourage you not to sit back and just be an, another hygienist that clocks in and clocks out daily. Like you can be a part of this. You have the opportunity to step up and to, you know, go to your office and, and be the forefront behind this, you know, because it doesn't matter who creates it and who does it, but it's just about you doing it and getting it out there and writing for your team. Because if you don't protect your time, nobody else will. And then nobody else is going to withhold you know, even any accountability around it. I mean, you use that word, Vicki, because, you know, if I don't have it on my calendar um, six months in advance, I can pretty much guarantee you, like, I don't, it'll come and go and I won't even know it, right? Yep. I agree with that. I tell offices all the time, say, well, we ought to, or we should, or why haven't we? This is where that calendar comes in. You know, we all have those situations. That's why Jay tells us to mark our vacations down. He doesn't want us to get so busy that now we don't have the time to take a vacation. But same thing with the, the things that are going to draw your team together and help you to to nurture this this environment of, uh, of your positive culture that you really want to get uh, out there. You know, it's easy to say we should have, but having it on a calendar is going to help you to make sure that it happens. I think something else is is, is you know, this is sort of cliche, but being positive. But you being the positive role model and being the, the person that people know they can go to. Now, that doesn't mean being, you know, Pollyanna all the time. But I had a fortune cookie that I keep uh, the, the, the fortune and a fortune cookie that I actually have on my refrigerator and haven't had it there for a long time. But it says enthusiasm is contagious. Not having enthusiasm is also contagious. So, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, be the change you want to see sort of thing. But if you if you want help, get a group together that is going to help to nurture your culture and sort of train your team that once a month, once a quarter, whatever that is, that you guys are going to meet about this again and, and revisit this so that it's not something that falls by the wayside because we get busy, which we know tends to happen. That's a great point, Vicki, um, because, you know, having a culture team is huge, right? So getting those people who care about it, who want it, um, that that's going to be the ultimate um, thing because, you know, just like anything in life, I mean, there's going to be things that come up that you have to reevaluate or you have to, you know, look at differently and you have that opportunity all the time. But yeah, I love that. Well, I think that we've given you guys a couple of great pointers to sort of build off of. Um, you, If you want more, we have more. But, you know, with that being said, I think that one of the challenges uh, coming out of today is going to be figure out where culture is, assess it, doesn't need to die and be brought back to life in a different way. 
<laughs> or does it need to um, be enhanced? Does it need to be, you know, even thought about, you know, maybe you fall in that category too. But um, with that being said, you know, Vicki, any, anything else that you got before we wrap up? You know, I agree with you. It's, it's about getting that, communicating that to your team, communicating it to your patients. You know, they don't keep it to yourself. This is a, this is a light that you want to shine. So make sure that you are, are sharing that. And if you need to take a, a leading role in that, I, I encourage you to take the initiative and the responsibility and accountability to make that happen. Now, on our next broadcast, you'll hear a little more about communicating with patients. So make sure that you stay tuned uh, for the next broadcast of HygieneProfitLeaders.com or podcast. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Bye.